At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to the SI Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trana. Thanks for joining me. It's going to be an unusual pod, which you'll uh, hear about when I get into the interview with my guest, Ben Strauss, sports media reporter of the Washington Post. Obviously, the biggest story in the country going on is coronavirus. I didn't want to spend a whole pod on it. Uh, I sort of explained why with Ben. So we uh, we discuss it a little bit, and then we get into some media topics. So that's uh, this week's pod with uh, Ben Strauss of uh, the Washington Post. does a great job covering sports media uh if you missed any of the past si media podcasts last week we did two of them for you we had uh rachel nichols from espn on and we uh, had a separate pod with andrew marshan of the new york post to discuss uh tony romo staying with cbs and the next moves uh for espn tom verducci was on the podcast as well recently so if you have not heard any of those go into the archives and check those out and please subscribe to the podcast all right here we go with this week's episode sports media news discussion here with uh ben strauss of the washington post at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, joining me now, Washington Post sports media reporter, Ben Strauss. He's been on the pod before. Appreciate him coming on. Ben, how's it going? Uh, my pleasure, Jimmy. I'm, uh, I'm good. I've been uh, quarantined. I'm at home. Not allowed to go in the office anymore. So is it a, because we have a similar situation, SI, that I'll get into in a second. So is, but is it you are not allowed to go into the office or is it we recommend you staying home? Okay. Yeah, we... I we, think we, it's stronger than I recommend. Right, right. We had... Uh, I guess there was uh, someone tested positive over the weekend in in one of the parts of our big office building and for coronavirus. So we were told, you know, feel free to work from home. So for anyone listening to this, I don't know what the sound quality is. I'm recording this myself and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. There's noises in the background. I heard birds in my backyard before coming through the recording. So... Let me get this right up front. This is not your typical SI Media podcast. So um, so we might as well start with Corona virus. Um, and, and I'm not really, I don't really even want to get into it and discuss it because I don't feel I'm equipped to. And I feel like this is a situation where, um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a quote unquote stick to sports person. I think that's ridiculous and I'm well for people sharing their political views, blah, blah, blah. But when something like this is going on, um, sometimes I feel like it's better to just sit it out. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, I feel, uh, woefully uninformed in general. Um, I feel much more equipped to sort of, you could talk about the, the fallout. Right. That's, and we'll get into that. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. um, like I think like the clubhouse situation is interesting because now we're sort of talking about what the clubhouse access means to reporters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's super interesting. Um, I think it's a lot murkier, a lot harder for you and I to sit here and be like, what is the science behind closing it or sort of, you know, what is, right. you know, the likelihood of, of Corona spreading inside the clubhouse versus, you know, in the stands. I don't I don't know the answer to that. Which is why I feel uncomfortable even discussing it because I feel like there's a couple of things at play here. I mean, it's hard to even discuss this without getting into the the politics of it, which I'm not going to put on you or expect you to go there. And and you know, I know people are going to get turned off. And I, I'm not. It's not like I and I no, don't. Please I don't. don't. No, no, and I don't. I think anyone who would blame Donald Trump for this is an idiot. But what I do feel like is that um, I do feel like that because most of the people in this country think that he's incompetent, the, the, that's why there's an overreaction to how to handle this. And I, you know, 
I don't know. I have no idea whether teams should be playing in front of no fans, cancel the Ivy League tournament. Uh, you know, the Mariners may move games to Arizona, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't. I have no idea what they're supposed to do in this situation. So um, it's hard for me to speak about this in, in any definitive way. That's how I feel. Well, I guess it would be, right, like if the city of San Francisco says to the Warriors, you shouldn't play, um, and the Warriors say, we're going to play anyway, and then, or with fans, right? And then now they've come out in the last little while and said, now you, you actually can't play with fans. It would seem that it's sort of interesting what it requires, uh, what the threshold for you know, a sports team to keep fans out of the game, right? They, if they were told that you shouldn't do this, that wasn't enough for the Warriors. The city of San Francisco said to them, you cannot do this. And that was the line where right. now they're going to play with no fans. Like, that seems pretty interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I guess also, you know, again, it's a, one of those dicey things because, you know, you may see, for instance, he, I, I listened yesterday to Chris Maddog Russo on Sirius XM, and he did an hour on Corona and, you know, not exactly like the most serious uh, and educated and informed takes, but entertaining nonetheless. And it's like, OK, is this supposed to be an entertaining topic? I found it entertaining, but, you know, people are sensitive. I, I don't blame them, especially as it gets worse. So it, all around it, to me, it's just a very uncomfortable thing to to discuss publicly. Privately, I'll treat your ear off. <laughs> <laughs> is that like the, the end of the segment? As well, to why we're not going to talk about it. Anymore. I, I will say this. And again, I don't know if this is sort of insensitive, but what I, you know, if you're bringing it back to the sports world, what I keep thinking about is the NCAA tournament. Obviously we know they canceled the Ivy league. Um, and, I, and ra TV ratings are not what's important here. It's people staying alive and paying attention to things, but it does seem like I, I would, ex if I'm CBS and Turner, I think this is almost like the 2016 presidential election where you better be prepared for a ratings hit because people are tuning out of sports and into CNN more and more or whatever news channel they watch. Um, uh, you know, I, I wonder how this affects, again, not important in the grand scheme of life. We know it, but this is the SI Media podcast. So I'm just trying to sort of bring it into that world. Uh, you would think CBS Turner, the ratings end up taking a big hit here. Um, unless if they're playing in empty arenas, then from a, um, you know, what's the word? Just from a bizarre, let's, exactly. Then there's that flip side. Yeah. So I guess, okay, before the ratings thing, I would say the NCAA tournament sort of how these colleges are handling, you know, the corona, you know, it's it's very easy to, to sort of look at the difference between the way some of the schools are handling things on campus versus the way they're handling their basketball teams. Uh, like the University of Maryland, I think, is, is sort of limiting, you know, stuff on campus. Mm -hmm. um, and I, my colleague, uh, Adam Kilgore, who's been writing about this, you know, just tweeted that, that they have nothing to say about their basketball team now going to potentially play, you know, in a, a full arena in the Big Ten tournament. So I, I think there is sort of this unexplainable gap between the way you know colleges are, are handling their students and, and handling their basketball teams which you know seems troubling i would say sort of independent of that sort of what like are people going to watch more 
because or, or less because of um the coronavirus yeah i think you're i think you're right that with way more things i, I way more things going on the sports is probably less front of mind i did think that both zucker jeff zucker and uh sean mcmanus you know had an interesting thing to say they did a conference call yesterday they said sort of you know in a moment like this sports can be you know this unifying thing and right. this thing that can be good for the country so i wonder if right you have all these people at home you know who can't go out maybe um maybe that that helps you know, TV ratings. Maybe more right. people want to be distracted from oh, that's true. what's right. going on and they want to watch the NCAA tournament. Right. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious. Give me the vibe. That, so I know here in New York, um, this felt like, what's that analogy? Like the ball going down the hill. It really picked up in the last three to five days where things really got um, to a scary level here. Like I said, <clears throat> we've been told to sort of stay home, you know, subway rides down, um, businesses down. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of restaurants say that, you know, they're doing monster takeout business. People aren't going. It, and obviously New York has been one of the places hit with this um, more than others, except for maybe Seattle, Washington, I should say. But you're in, you're in D.C. Give me um, a little taste of what's going on down there with this is it full-blown panic has it been picking up over the past few days what's what's going on there yeah i don't think we're quite to the point where you guys are there was um there's been a couple of instances where people have tested positive in the you know dc maryland virginia area there was um there was a priest at a church um in georgetown who tested positive for it and he gave communion apparently and so the right everybody who took part in that right now has to be quarantined. So I, I think it's, it's probably only a matter of time before um, the snowball starts going. So I, I think here we're probably a few days behind, but it, it seems like it's only a matter of time before we get there. Yeah. And I guess, but it's not, it's not like a ghost town here or anything mm -hmm. at this point. I, I guess sort of the, just put a bow on what I had said earlier about not being comfortable discussing. And I, I guess what it ultimately comes down to is that, I don't want to mock anyone who is overreacting and I don't want to tell people they shouldn't overreact. I, I think either reaction over or under is, is fine in this case because it really is an unknown. That is, seems to be fair. I wish there was somebody who could just tell me the appropriate amount to react to this. Right. I, I don't know if I'm over or under reacting, but it would be, It'd be really great if there was, you know, some way to know you were reacting appropriately, because I, I think you're right. It, I have no idea if it's one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, locking yourself in your house seems extreme. But if this is out there and the cases creep, keep growing, it's understandable. If you want to keep living your life, I understand that. So it's and then, you know, you factor in the sports here. And listen, you know, it's hard to get on people if they don't want to be sitting with 30,000 people in an arena. I mean, it, just look at what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, my guess is that the tournament's supposed to start like a week and a half from now. That I, yeah. I, I'd be surprised if they were playing in front of full stadiums. Right, right. And yeah, I, I also get like the the Harvard guys who were furious that their tournament got canceled. Right, they, um, 
you know, we're all set to play in this 14 tournament to go the Ivy league tournament to go to the NCAA tournament. And all of a sudden they don't have that chance. I mean, right. you're a senior. That's your last chance to go to the tournament. I, I mean, that makes total sense to be irate and furious about that, you know, on that end too. Right. I just think it's hard. It's hard to criticize whether it's the Ivy league, whether it's the golden state warriors. Um, it's hard to criticize any entity for, what they're they, they're trying to do what's in the best interest of people. So, you know, ripping them for overreacting, even if it is an overreaction, I think is, I mean, their hearts seem to be in the right place. Sure. You'd also probably rather have people overreact than underreact. Right. So at this point, it's probably hard to criticize anybody for overreacting. I, there was a thing yesterday, and I, and I did sort of make light of it on Twitter, because um, there was a tweet early on uh, Tuesday from a Yankee Yankee beat reporter started tweeting out that um, Glaber Torres had um, was had a, had the flu or or was it or had a fever and he was missing a game and I mean within three seconds it was you know he has corona I mean we got to we got to relax a little bit yeah strange <laughs> times I don't know. Yeah, very. I don't know what I have for you, man. No, no, that's all right. It's all right. Let's I know. talk about it's... the Monday Night Football. Yeah, exactly. We will. We'll, we'll get into that. Um, it was Gary Sanchez, by the way, not Claver Torres. I messed that up. Um, all right. So, again, I understand this is not the the most important story in America, but this is the SI Media Podcast, so now we will transition to the usual nonsense and lighthearted fare. Um, I was not surprised even 0.00001% that NBC would not engage ESPN in talks for Al Michaels. Were you at all surprised by that? Well, I would just, I mean, before we go any further, I would give a shout out to our friend Andrew Marchand. I think he's been killing it on this story. Every yes. big news, every big story, it's, it's his. So, I mean, I think we only know this stuff because he's been uh, reporting it and most of the people that I've talked to um, seem to think he's he's pretty um, he's pretty on it. He's been on it from the yeah. You know, I mean, he broke the Tony story of of returning to CBS, and um, he had obviously Al and Peyton. Which I mean, I never really took that story seriously. I mean, I think there, that that was one of ESPN's plans for sure. I I shouldn't say I didn't take the story seriously. I didn't think there was a chance it would happen. I right. get I think that's why right. It's like the idea that that they would want Al Michaels and Peyton Manning makes a ton of sense. The idea that that would ever happen seems like a pipe dream. Yeah, um, it would have been fascinating to see what ESPN could have given up for Al. <laughs> Um, I did ask around a little bit, like, what could you even trade? And it was sort of interesting. Like, you could trade highlights packages. Or you mm. could trade, you know, you could trade, you know, access to production staffs. Um, and it, it would have sort of been, you know, pretty interesting to see, like, what those pieces, what pieces would be valuable to a network or even, like, what could be traded. Um, but, uh, alas, it seems like we won't... Uh, we won't get there, but I do think, I mean, I guess ultimately I think it like all this stuff with Romo and Manning and Michaels, all it just shows you really like the power of the NFL, right? I think in years past, we've talked about like, this is peak 
you know, NFL power era. I had the ratings decline a couple of years ago and concussions and, and, you know, things like Ray Rice. And now we're, you know, sitting here in 2020 and it's back to like the NFL has never been more powerful. And the idea that, you know, you'd pay, you know, 15, 17 million dollars for um, an announcer is really just because the NFL is that important to you. What's the reaction you've gotten from people in the business about Romo getting 17 and I guess now it's $18 million a year? Yeah, I think it's like, you know, if you're going to pay $1.5 billion for the NFL rights, does it matter if you're paying your announcer $12 million or $15 million or $17 million? Right. It's like, you know, like if you're going to buy a Ferrari, are you going to you know, turn it over to Mr. Magoo, or are you going to like, you know, get Al Unser to drive it, right? Like right. you, if you're going to, if you're going to be in the business of the NFL, you might as well, um, you know, put, you know, the best product, the best package together, because this is essentially when the most people are watching your network. Um, it's the best chance to, you know, advertise for your shows to, um, you know, get eyeballs on all of the rest of the stuff your network is doing, right? Like Nance and Romo on Sunday afternoon is like CBS's most important, you know, three hours of television of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does seem like, from what I saw, <clears throat> people in the business understood the contract. Fans obviously thought it was outrageous. And hey, listen, it could still be outrageous, but um, the... Uh, uh, for some, for an analyst to get seventeen, eighteen million dollars a year, you would have thought you'd hear more from people, even off the record, saying, "You know what the hell." But there was, I didn't get a lot of that at all. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. Yeah. Um, let's get back to Peyton Manning for a sec. You know, ESPN seems to just, for some reason, have this infatuation with him. I mean, I get it. He's as big a name as I guess you can have if you're going to hire someone uh, for the booth, but. At some point, I would think they'd be concerned that the guy just doesn't want to do it. Are you hearing anything on the Peyton Manning? Fr- I mean, listen, with, well, let me start with this. Without Al getting traded from NBC, do you still think Peyton is still the number one analyst that ESPN wants to get from Monday Night Football? Yeah, I think he's their top guy yeah. for sure. I mean, the, the question isn't like, does ESPN want Peyton Manning? It's does Peyton Manning want to do it? Um, and you... You think that he'd be pretty good at it, but you don't know for sure, number right. one. Um, and the second thing is, I, I sort of feel like Peyton Manning, um, you know, from talking to people, I think Peyton Manning probably has more to lose from this job than most people who take this job. I mean, if you think mm-hmm. about him, he's this, you know, golden boy, Super Bowl winning quarterback. He does commercials and he's super funny. He goes on Saturday Night Live and he's like super great. You know, if he's not, like amazing as an announcer like that's a sort of a step down from Mm -hmm. how we think of Peyton Manning so I think there's probably more to lose for him in doing something like this than there is for anybody else right it's very people it's sort of you know it's it's like your your profile gets bigger and you have all these things to gain I think for for Manning I don't think it's quite as simple that's a very interesting point because what I have heard over the years from multiple people is that the reason why Peyton never took the job in the past, or one of the reasons, one of the big reasons, he didn't want to do games called by Eli or Tom Brady. And I guess, you know, if he's calling games 
from Eli, there's the perception there that he's biased and, and all that. So maybe he was a little sensitive to blowback from there. And it's also you, the other reason why your point is very interesting is because I wonder if he's a, if I don't think Peyton's on Twitter, smart guy. Um, but I wonder if he's aware of just how much blowback Tessa Torn and Booger and, and Witten for that one year have gotten where, um, I mean, it's, it's pretty relentless. And, you know, if you're Peyton Manning, why on earth would you want to put yourself through that? Yeah, I, I think it's a totally fair question. I think for ESPN, right, what it's all about is we want, right, ESPN wants to get in this, Disney wants in, into the Super Bowl rotation. They want more NFL. They pay double, you know, what CBS and Fox pay for, you know, this, you know, mediocre Monday night game sometimes. They obviously need all the highlights and that's sort of where the, the money comes from. But, you know, they pay so much money. Um, you know, to not be in that Super Bowl rotation. And I think it is, you know, from what I've heard, it's pretty tough to go to the NFL and say we want a Super Bowl when, you know, who's going to announce that Super Bowl mm-hmm. is their Monday night booth. But I don't know. I don't, or like from what, you know, I've heard, I don't, I don't know if they need Peyton Manning. Right. They just need sort of like a neutral booth that doesn't, you know, sort of, you know, become a lightning rod and, you know, get ridiculed. They just need something that's okay. Right. Um, they don't need Peyton Manning. Right. I agree. Um, I, I feel bad for Joe Testor and Booger McFarlane because it's basically like, okay, they're out of jobs, yet they still have the job and contracts. You know, it's kind of distasteful there. And I'm they adding to it. They make a lot but, of money. <laughs> they'll be okay. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But uh, yeah, I guess. Um, Let's uh, talk about the XFL for a sec here. Um, I don't know if you've experienced this or have seen this, but the XFL uh, on Twitter has some really bizarre fans. And I, I referred to them as XFL truthers a couple of weeks ago, and I see people have used that term now. Because if you report what the ratings are, people, there's this, I don't know if they're bought and paid for. I don't, you know, they work for the league. I don't know what it is, but you get attacked by this small group of crazy people if you just report what the numbers are. Um, the XFL started out week one, I guess with, you know, decent numbers. And then they've gone down every single week since the drop from week one to week two is 35%. That's what I had written one day and people were up in arms, I guess, you know, let's just give a fact, but they've gone down every single week. Have you heard anything about how ESPN and Fox feel about the XFL? Because in comparison to guess, you know, college basketball, the ratings are strong and, and NASCAR or whatever. Um, but What's the vibe on that? Because the ratings are going to keep going down once March Madness. Right. I guess the question. So I don't. I haven't. Um, I don't. I don't have a lot of daylight into, you know, what the networks want. I would say I don't have a ton of daylight into sort of how the leagues, you know, view um, the ratings numbers. Obviously, they're the the numbers themselves are not bad compared to you know like MLS or right um, bowling or other you know sports that are not you know tier one rights. I think it probably just comes down to the cost benefit analysis, right? Like all these things do. And I wonder also how much money the XFL itself needs from, you know, their broadcast partners to stay, you know, and float and to make this worth Vince McMahon's while. Yeah. That, I mean, that's really what it comes down to is, is how much, yeah, I don't necessarily know if it's wins losses in, in terms of money, um, how much, if, if Vince is losing money, breaking even, and that's really, I guess, what it's going to come down to in the end. 
Yeah, like the numbers themselves are sort of interesting. You see them like every Tuesday or Monday or after the weekend they come out. But I think it's sort of like the numbers themselves aren't going to tell us anything. It's the numbers, you know, associated with the costs. Right. And does it make does it make sense? Right. Uh, before I let you go, I do want to talk to you about something you wrote recently, which was an excellent article. And I can tell you that many a person at SI read it, which was about the athletic and sort of the future of sports writing. Again, I'll be, you know, full disclosure, I'm not entirely comfortable talking about The Athletic because a million people I used to work with are working there now. Um, so it's, you know, it's a little, uh, what's the word there? Uh, I don't know, uncomfortable. But anyway, The Athletic, uh, you, you painted an interesting picture because, like you said, the headline on your story, it's either reassuring or terrifying that so many... Um, writers work there and there's always you know i guess it's kind of difficult to get full numbers and, and stats on the athletic in terms of profit subscriptions etc um but they seem like they never sort of give you they never sort of sell it like anything other than like we're here and we're here to stay and we're going to keep going and growing and but i don't no one knows what their profits are so it makes it kind of a confusing um, story. Is that? Yeah, I think accurate? there's sort of like two, like two sides of it, right? I think, you know, the salaries they pay and the um, jobs that they're, you know, giving out at a time when, you know, there just aren't a lot of good jobs in this industry right. is like a wonderful story. Um, and so you, and I would also say, I, I think that they're, the product has gotten better and better. Like I think, um, I think the, the, the journalism and the um, stories have like really gotten a lot better. Um, and I think if you, you know, like I live in DC, I'm a, you know, a big Chicago White Sox fan, like one of seven in the country. Um, but they have great White Sox coverage and I subscribe so I can, you know, read about the White Sox. Um, and so you have this, and they have a million subscribers, right? Or some, something right around there. So they've built something that, you know, not an insignificant number of people want to read. And so, right, it's sort of this really nice story. Um, but there is sort of this murky side to it where, you know, do the, does the, the, the money that they spent line up with the money that they're bringing in and also right. sort of, you know, the people that have spent 140, you know, pumped $140 million into it um, as investors, like what, like what happens, what do they want? And, you know, what happens you know, when they're sort of asking about their investment. Right. And you, um, and you talked about the fact that the company, you know, they want a sale basically to happen with that company. Yeah. Some investors, right? Like how do they make their money? They make their money, you know, on a sale. So, right. um, you know, similarly to, you know, most any startup, if you're investing in a startup, you either want, you know, sale or an IPO and, I, it seems like across venture capital that IPOs have become more complicated and more fraught lately, um, which leaves sort of sale as like the off ramp right. that you want if you've you know pumped money into this thing. And then Fox Sports, I guess, it, at one point was interested, and then that, but that nothing happened there. Yeah, I mean, I, like I would think that you know anybody like meetings happen all the time, um, and Fox Sports like doesn't really have much of a digital footprint, so you know it would make sense to you know, have a conversation, you know, my understanding is they didn't 
you know, go too far down the line, but, um, you know, the, the matchup to, you know, have that conversation sort of makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious. I, that's a, that's a, I think in the media world, the athletics, a huge story. I'm not sure, you know, regular sports fans, but that's definitely one I'm keeping an eye on. So I appreciate the, uh, the coverage there. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I guess that's probably true. I wonder, I guess actually that sort of like fits into the question about the athletic, right? That yeah. it's, if you're in sports media or like in media in general, I think you, you are super interested, Yeah. but the hurdle is like to get known and have like this wider population of sports fans know about it and like need to subscribe. Right. And so the fact that it's like more of a media fascination and the fascination of like sports fans at large is like exactly the conundrum there and or the, the problem that they need to solve. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on them. I appreciate you coming on in this crazy time and dealing with all my stuff here uh, with this bizarre taping today. So I thank you very much and look forward to having you on again in hopefully much more normal circumstances. My pleasure, man. It's always, uh, it's always a pleasure. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, that wraps up this edition of the SI Media Podcast. Thanks for listening. Again, if you missed any uh, previous podcasts, Rachel Nichols last week was on the SI Media Podcast. Andrew Marshan as well. We did two pods last week. Uh, had Andrew on to talk about Tony Romo. Tom Verducci, a recent guest as well. So uh, you can listen to those in the archives. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. All right, that wraps it up. We'll see you next week. Take care.
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.